How do leprechauns earn their gold? Collecting teeth, making shoes, growing potatoes, or picking pockets? I don't know, but I'm wondering what this accent is you've got going on over there. <laughs> I'm Mitch. And I'm Missy. We're co-workers. He's the boss, and we're married. And she's the boss. Together, we host Good Faith Weekly, a podcast on faith and culture. What could possibly go wrong? Tune in and find out. Missy. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly. On this episode, Missy and I are going to catch up. We just got back from Austin, Texas and South by Southwest. And then we're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good episode. Hey, Good Faith Weekly listeners, we've got an incredible opportunity coming up April 25th through 26th of this year. The Birmingham Montgomery Civil Rights Good Faith Experience is right around the corner. Join Starlet Thomas, Bruce Gorley, Missy Randall, and myself as we retrace the steps of those who made history and nurture a faith that moves us all forward. For more information, go to goodfaithmedia.org and click on Experiences. Missy. Hey, happy St. Patty's Day. Patrick's Day. I don't know what's Saint appropriate Patty's anymore. Day. Wait. And then there's the whole Patty versus Patty. And oh, I know it's Patty. It's right. Patty. Right. It's patty I understand. So, it's patty. I, so let me just say happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, there you <laughs> All go. spelled out in full. <laughs> there you go. I like that a lot. You know, I, I, you know, I love St. Patrick's Day. We're going to talk a little bit more about it uh, in the pod. But I do remember, uh, I think it was a couple... I don't think it was last year, but maybe a couple of years ago, we were actually in New York City on St. Patrick's Day and stumbled across the St. Patrick's Day parade. We did. I forgot by, about that. But Central you Park. know what? You know what, old what? man? It was four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> it was four years ago. Wow, four I, years ago. I had forgotten about that connection, but I saw the memory pop up on my phone this morning. We were, and we saw the St. Patrick's Day parade there by Central Park and yeah, all the green, um, you know, firemen and the bands that came through. That was so much fun. It was a lot we of should fun. do that again sometime. Absolutely. Well, later on in the pod, I do have a quiz for you. Oh, so crap. <laughs> so stay tuned because it's going to be great. Uh, well, you and I just got back from a trip. We did. We uh, ventured down to Austin, Texas. Um, do you want to take a moment to sing? The stars are bright. Um, I'd have to remember the words. No, that's not the song. It's actually Texas are Texas. All hail the mighty state. Texas are Texas. So For those of you so who great. don't know, Missy is a Texan, <laughs> while I am not. Yes. So, yes, we did go down to Texas. We were invited by our good friends at Democracy Forward to come down and hang out with them a little bit at South by Southwest. Otherwise, we are nowhere near cool enough to just go on our own. <laughs> no, <laughs> because when, that was a really cool place. When other cool friends invite us, we tag along. We're neither cool enough or weird enough. No. Well, <laughs> I don't know about maybe weird. but um, So we'd never been before, but we gladly accepted an invite to see some of our friends and it was such a fun experience. I, I loved getting to kind of see what it was and how it works. I think we'll be confident enough to go again next year 100%. in more of an official capacity. 100%. What was so exciting to me just about the entire atmosphere was we attended a couple of panel discussions, in particular a panel discussion put on by Gen Z, mm -hmm. and it was called United Jam. 
And it was just unified. Unified jam. You're right. That was the whole like day event. Right, and right. It was panels. it was just really great. And I was just so inspired by these Gen Zers who are doing incredible work. I've said it since our kids are both Gen Z, um, which then is a whole other. Well, you know, mind you know what when you're sitting there looking at these incredible <laughs> changing kids, the world kids yeah. on the stage and they're younger than your own children. Um, but I've long said about our kids age group, they're rock stars. Every single one of them I've come across and it would make me so upset when our kids were in middle school and high school and you hear, you know, the, the older, um, population, the trope of, you know, those are lazy and they don't want to work hard and they don't want to do anything. And I just wanted to say, come you know, walk a mile in my kid's shoe on any given day and see and their friends and see what all they're doing and how hard they're working. And, and, and now that has been channeled for, um, a great swath of them into activism and into, you know, civic engagement. And it's just incredible. I mean, we heard stories of young people registering thousands and thousands of voters raising over $2 million for reproductive rights, uh, well, they're camping. running for office now. Yeah, and running for office. They're finding their platform and they're finding a stage in social media, and and they're they're just like we're done waiting for you know other other people to open doors for us. We're just going to do it ourselves. And I just I admire so much their tenacity and their energy and their their brilliance. Honestly, yeah. I learned so much from them. And you know, you and I were talking about you know here at Good Faith Media, we try to amplify voices, and we were looking at them, thinking their voices don't need to be amplified. We just need to get out of the way and just let them do their thing because they were just rock, like you said, rock stars. Right, right. Like I'm happy to promote and to cheer them on, but yeah, and that was a lot of the feeling is just let me let me get out of your way. How can we support you because you're incredible? Absolutely. Well, speaking of rock, rock stars, yes, we saw a star oh. in a oh. restaurant we in saw, Austin. We saw a few, and then we saw people. You just you know we're in a hotel where you know all the who's who's are staying for South by Southwest, and if if they're not a recognizable celebrity, you know that they're the Hollywood movers and shakers. Sure. They're the office guys. You just they all just kind of have that that right. look. Um, but yes, we were sitting in. Um, a restaurant in the hotel having a snack and there's tons tons of people around first of all I I'm oblivious to people right am I right (laughs) no you're absolutely right and so you said um hey look over there look at the look at the bar you see that is and I didn't really know Who that was? You said, "Oh yeah, that's a Joe Schmo." I don't know. It's a middle-aged man. You know, wow, another one. (laughs) This wasn't just another one. It was. It was Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. So, um, I looked. I was like, I wouldn't have recognized him. But again, I'm pretty oblivious. So I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So again, it's super crowded. Lots of people. I'm pretty um I mean, that's Jack Bauer from 24. Okay, I, didn't, I mean, he saved the world so many times. Okay, I didn't watch that show. And you know why? I don't like to watch things where the clock is running out because the clock... Is is stressful for me. Well, it's always running in your head. It's always <laughs> running in my head. So I didn't watch that show, but I know it was well loved um, by everyone else in the world except for me. So, anyways, and he was actually great. I mean, we we kind of watched him interact with people. I didn't. You did. Well, okay, he but- was he was sitting at the bar talking to some folks and having a drink and 
people kept coming up to him because, I mean, it's you know, Kiefer Sutherland. And he was always very generous and gracious and talked to them. And then this little girl came up, and he was just so sweet to her. He knelt down on her level and talked to her and gave her a photo and an autograph. He was, he was just really good. See, really I miss this because I don't stare at people like that. Okay. But yeah. here's what happened. <laughs> no. Okay, we you were tell your sitting, version. We were sitting in the restaurant, and, or, and and you just kept staring at him and staring at him. I'm like, okay, Mitch, that's key for something. Like, stop. That's so rude. <laughs> I was kind of embarrassed. I was trying to look a different direction, and I could tell, like, a few other people around tables around us were actors and famous people, and I was trying to kind of place them, and but not at the same time just awkwardly staring at people so I felt like you were awkwardly staring at him but it was so crowded that I couldn't like get your attention to say stop that's this is obnoxious you just kept looking at him and so once you call me on it what did so, I no, say later <laughs> later on we're retelling this story to our friends like hey we saw Kiefer Southern I'm like yeah Mitch would not stop staring at him <laughs> and you're replied i wasn't staring at him i was watching the bruins dumbass hey <laughs> the hockey no, game was on television is, above his head which is true there was and i didn't it didn't make the connection so you you had said that day the bruins were playing at noon and you really wanted to watch the game so you were apparently watching the game and the whole while i'm at like super uncomfortable because you're just i thought you were staring at just yeah, you I'm were just, starstruck i was starstruck with it so. <laughs> so which you kind of were but i, I mean was, the bruins I mean, were playing yeah, it's Jack Bauer. So. But there's also the Bruins. Yeah, That's absolutely. more important. Absolutely. So, right. hey, speaking of starstruck, have you ever been starstruck in your life? Um, You know, honestly, the first time I ever remember being starstruck was honestly this weekend. Um, so <laughs> oh, I know. Really? Yeah. Was it like, Every morning yeah. when, when you wake when up, I, yeah, I'm when starstruck I walk, by when you. When I walk out absolutely. of the bedroom, it's like, oh. Absolutely, no. Um. When we walked into a, we walked in early for a panel that we were supposed to attend for our friends at, uh, with our friends at Democracy Forward. Um, before that, there was a another panel, and I spotted a young Gen Zer who I am a huge Twitter fan of, and I thought that cannot be her. Is that her? So I quick, you know, looked on my phone at the schedule and realized mm -hmm. this was her. And I was so excited, not only because it was somebody I have fangirled over on Twitter, but also that I recognized her and I would like felt cool all of a sudden in a room because I knew somebody who was like cool enough to be on a South by Southwest panel. Anyways, um, Olivia Juliana is her name. And um, turns out she... For everybody... Over 30. Tell I'm gonna, her. Okay, Tell yes. Her. So she is a Gen Zer. She works with Gen Z for Change. She's a young political activist in Texas, a seventh generation Texan. And she kind of, well, she crossed my peripheral um, you know, on Twitter when she took um, Matt Gates to task after he took to body shaming women who were um, standing up for women's reproductive and health. anybody who takes on Matt Gates is a hero. And of mine. through that encounter with him, and others, but she ended up raising, I think, over $2 million for um, abortion clinics um, across the country. And she was 19. I mean, 19. That's amazing. And she just did not, you know, me, I, if you look sideways at me, you know, I'm going to cower. Mm -hmm. um, but she took something that was very, she was bullied and she took it and turned it. And she's like, you're going to bully me. I'm going to use that to amplify my voice and my cause and, yeah. and turn it for good. And she continues to do that. And she's so active on social media. Everyone should follow her. Anyway, so I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Olivia. And then it turns out she was attending several of the events that we were attending. So that is the first time in my life that I have ever asked for a photo 
with someone. <laughs> that is true. I don't think well, I've ever, I, yeah. ne- I don't do that. Yeah. And I also gave her my Sonic Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know. That's a big deal. That was a huge deal. I mean, deal. for anybody who knows Missy, to give her I did. Sonic Diet Coke up. I did. That's big. I did. She was um, hot and thirsty, understandably. And I had a, I had one, like a fresh one I was going to drink. I was like, no, no, you you have this. So um, I ended up getting, we ended up getting to spend quite a bit of time with her. I was very excited. Um, so she is wonderful, lovely. You guys should all follow her online. She is um all of 20 years old, it was great because she was in the midst of doing all of this, um, you know, stuff with South by Southwest yeah. and being on panels and and engaging with folks. She was having to go back to her hotel room and do homework <laughs> because <laughs> of school, right. which is kind of um, sweet to see. But um, so that, yeah, I was kind of starstruck. Yeah, and then, well, um, yeah, yeah, so we met lots of people. Another favorite that I met um, on this trip is Taylor Coleman, who is oh, another fabulous Texan who um, is who during COVID um, she was living in DC and ended up moving home to stay with her. I I may get some of the story wrong, but I think we're pretty safe to say there's, there's not a ton of Gen Zers who are going to listen, who are in our audience that are going to, you never know. You never know. If you're a Gen Zer and you want to call me on some of my facts about all this, shout out to Cali Chisma, by the way. Yeah, please (laughs) do. Because I would just love to know that there's some Gen Zers that listen to Of course she gets paid to listen to this. (laughs) Um, But anyways, Taylor Coleman, who redid her van during COVID and took to the highways of Texas registering voters across all of the counties in Texas and um, is continuing her work of um, activism in that way. And, um, she and I just had a great time and I'm now uh, fangirling over her on social media. And so that it was fun. So yes, there you go. That's my starstruck moment. Absolutely. Well, I saw it firsthand. It was amazing. Thanks. <laughs> so, well, it is St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And so I said at the beginning of this, there's going to be a quiz. Shoot. Okay, so every time St. Patrick's Day rolls around, we have the same conversation. I'm like, now who is that guy again? Tell me what he did. <laughs> so once again, I'm going to have to ask. And for the umpteenth time, he's not the guy on the Lucky Charms box. <laughs> um, so I, I know it has something to do with the Catholic Church, right? I will tell the story here to say it because it's an incredible story. Okay. But let's take the quiz first. Okay. Question number one, drumroll. St. Patrick is the patron saint of what country? Ireland? Yes! Okay. Ding, ding, ding! You got the first one right. I just assumed it'd be a trick question. I guess not. No. Number two, St. Patrick's Day commemorates the blank of St. Patrick. The birth... The marriage, the coronation, or the death? Birth? Yeah, opposite death. death. death? Yes, the, the death, death of St. Patrick. So we're yeah. celebrating his death. Okay, yes. got it. Yes, yeah, well, we're commemorating it. It says commemorate, not celebrate. Okay, we're commemorating. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, number three, according to Irish lore, what did St. Patrick drive out of Ireland? Oh, Witches, that's... snakes, demons, or rats? Okay, because all I was all I was imagining was the rats, but that's a different fairy tale. What's that? Um, shoot, I'm gonna have to get on the Google. Okay, so I don't know what he drew. The snakes. Snakes. Yeah. Like for real? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is it is folklore because, as history indicates, there were no snakes in Ireland at the time, <laughs> so it'd been hard to drive them out. Okay. Uh, okay, so this has to do more with just Irish lore than anything. How do leprechauns earn their gold? Collecting teeth, 
making shoes, growing potatoes, or picking pockets? I don't know, but I'm wondering what this accent is you've got going on over there. <laughs> it's making I shoes. Wanted, okay, shoes. Okay, because <clears throat> those leprechauns make shoes. Okay, yeah. making shoes. Uh, oh, this is so easy. What color is traditionally worn on St. Patrick's Day? Well, green. Well, of course. What city dyes its river green every St. Patrick's Day? And I'll give you a hint. It's a U.S. city. Okay, but I think lots of cities do this, right? Yeah, but this one's really famous. Is it Boston? No. S- San Antonio? No. Um, Midwest. I don't know. Chicago. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yep, they died every... Or maybe San Antonio did that for the Spurs. Maybe I'm mixing up my... <laughs> <laughs> the Spurs, right? Just stop, green? stop, stop. No. <laughs> Just stop. I thought they were. Oh, no. my gosh. Wait. <laughs> this is going to get worse. Sorry, oh, this guys. is a good one. And you should know this one. How many pints of Guinness are consumed each year on St. Patrick's Day? 13 million, 13 billion, 1.3 million, 130 million. Whatever the highest number is that you just said. It's not. It's actually 13 million. Okay. How many of those by you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and then the last question. What did St. Patrick's, what did he use the shamrock for? Did he use it as medicine to flavor his coffee for good luck or to illustrate the Holy Trinity? Well, first of all, did he have his medical card for this? Uh, <laughs> that is a good question. That he's using. I, I honestly don't know. And what, what were the choices again? As medicine to flavor his coffee for good luck, or to illustrate the Holy Trinity. I would guess the Holy Trinity. You're so right. Ding, ding, ding. So you did pretty good. I did better than I thought I was yeah, going to. But would. now you have to tell us about the actual story of St. Patrick's, and then, and then you have to. To figure out a way, Mr. Preacher, to make it tie into why we drink green beer. Okay, I can do that. All right. All right. So it it is really one of my favorite uh, stories through all uh, Christian history. And what's fascinating about it to me is that for all of the Irish celebration of St. Patrick, that he is the patron saint of Ireland, he's not Irish. (laughs) Really? No, in fact... Is uh, he Texan? <laughs> Jeez, no. God, that just really threw me off. Now, here's the trick. Am I going to be able to pick up the story from here? Or am I going to have to start over? Reset. Okay. <laughs> so, um, he's not Irish, even though he's the patron saint of Ireland. Uh, he actually has Roman roots, and his family was from Rome. They came over uh, to the British Isles uh, as uh, Christians uh, that ruled the British Isles at the time. They fought the Celts and Druids and drove them to Ireland and off the British Isles. And so his family were aristocrat, aristocrats. Aristocats. <laughs> Aristocats. Yeah. There's a song for that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, they were aristocracy. <laughs> say that. Uh, Somebody's already been hitting the green beer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, they lived on the west coast of the British Isles. And uh, this was the 5th century. Uh, so what's fascinating to me about this, this is really only 200 years uh, or less 
after Constantine had made Rome or made Christianity the official religion of Rome. So not too far from one of the biggest moments in Christian history. So he is 15 at the time, and he is on the beach with some of his friends when raiders from Ireland come over, and they raid the uh, beaches and, and enslave him and take him back to Ireland as a slave. Mm. And there he lives for several years as a sheep herder, uh, enslaved by the Irish. But when we think about slavery, of course, here in America, we think of uh, African slavery uh, here in the South, and it was a little bit different in Ireland at the time. Uh, While he was enslaved, he was treated pretty well uh, as a slave by the Celts and and Druids, uh, even though he was indeed a slave. Mm -hmm. Um, And he started to really miss home, really started not to like being a slave, as you can imagine, because it's still slavery. Uh, and so he runs away. Now, what's interesting about the story is that uh, history tells us, and even in his own confession uh, that he writes years later, uh, he says that uh, the Celts just kind of let him go. They didn't go chase after him. So he made his way to the western shores of Ireland and found a boat ride back over to the British Isles and I was trying to think of a clever way to say a boat Uber, and all I could think of was Boober. <laughs> he got a Boober. <laughs> Pulled out his phone, got a Boober. Super ship Uber. Anyways, go ahead. And so uh, goes back over to the to uh, to uh, the British Isles where his family is. His family welcomes him home, uh, but he has this real calling to the priesthood. So studies to become a priest and becomes a priest. And what is really fascinating about this is that he really feels called to go back to Ireland as now a Christian missionary. And that's exactly what he does. And so he gets back on a boat, this time crossing the sea, not as a slave, but as a Christian missionary. And he goes and he lives among the Celts and the Druids for years upon years. And what is really noteworthy about Patrick is that he took a different tactic than the usual Western um, confrontational evangelism that was often used in conquering Europe. Mm-hmm. He lived among his captors uh, because he knew them, he had relationships with them, and... He earned their respect and gained their respect. And it was decades later that he began to have his first converts to Christianity. And it wasn't necessarily about a persuasive argument as much as it was about a persuasive relationship that he had with them. It was hard for them to understand that someone who was a slave in that land would come back to live among them as a free man mm-hmm. and treat them with such respect and dignity. And so it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It reminds me how, you know, we, we need to live our lives and stop being so confrontational with our faith as many of, uh, within Christianity do, but live a life that is worthy and treats others with love and respect and dignity. So it's a great story. Excellent. 
So how did we get green beer? Right. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, all I know is that <laughs> Ireland is beautiful in the spring and summertime, and the hills are as green as you can imagine. So, so we drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day in honor of St. Patrick and the work that he did. Absolutely. So lift a pint today. <laughs> we will. I will say that we are... It's just us today. Our Unfortunately, our interviewee is under the weather and going to be on in a few weeks. Um, we are um, working on scheduling some of the fantastic people we met down at South by Southwest to come on and talk to us so that our listeners can learn more and um, become fans of these young change makers as well. Yeah, and we've got some great guests coming up uh, and a couple of authors. Uh, one I know you're really nervous about uh, from Baylor University, John Singletary, who is the uh, dean of the School of Social Work down there, because he's got a new book coming out about the Enneagram. Enneagram. And we, you and I are Big not, argument. Big not, argument. <laughs> not Enneagram folks. We've managed to avoid it. And we have so many people who think they know what we are. I know. And they're confident about it. And some of them think we're different. Numbers. I know. So, so anyways, we're going to, we're going to have to find out our Enneagram number and we're going to talk to John Singletary. We're, I'm excited about that, but yeah, yeah. So, um, we've got some great guests coming up and, um, hopefully we'll be able to introduce you to some of the folks that we did meet at South by Southwest and, and talk about the, the incredible work that they're doing as well. Absolutely. So it's a short one this week, folks, but we hope that you have a great St. Patrick's day and a wonderful weekend. Absolutely. You've been listening to Good Faith Weekly, hosted by Mitch and Missy Randall. This weekly podcast from Good Faith Media discusses matters of faith and culture. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a like and a glowing review. We produce the podcast out of Norman, Oklahoma. Our music comes from Pond 5. And we're supported by listeners like you. Learn more about us at goodfaithmedia.org. Thank you.